1: Outside of that, Tommy, thank you so much for joining us here today. The one thing I wanted to ask you, my friend, uh, obviously outside of how you're doing, is your optics on this weekend. Are you are you optimistic about some of the lineups that are out there, or are you just going to you know kick back and enjoy a weekend of a fun football, playoff football, meaningful football? We have three straight days of playoff football. I'm stoked about it, I'm probably more stoked for Monday's cast than anything else.
0: It's weird. Like I've kind of got, like, done a little bit of reversal, like because we have all this whole massive week eight slate all the playoff implications we come down to that final game for the you know the Raiders and the Chargers and like wow this is amazing And we kind of look like like uh, now we're down to just having you know, only like six games but like and the hindsight you think about is like these are six incredible games we're probably gonna see there's probably gonna be really close games so for me just as a fan I'm really excited for it. I'm not as excited like we're talking about for the Kansas City Chiefs Pittsburgh Steelers game, but I've already kind of written that one off. But I think it's just going to be fun. And when, from a fantasy aspect, I think DraftKings have and some of the other sports sportsbooks too. But I've I've primarily been focusing on DraftKings. I think it's what people uh, the predominant uh, usage has been. It's been really interesting the way they've priced some of these players. Like they haven't yeah. really priced a lot of players out. So like. You can build a ton of different lineups and like there's going to be a few chalky plays. I think we're all probably going to see those, but there's going to be so much variance across the slate. Like for me personally, I love that Um, because you can get really creative with some of your lineups. I know we've we've talked about some of these kind of uh, behind the scenes. Like I know we'll talk about one of these coming here in a little bit, but it's there's so many different ways to go about it. So it's you kind of pick a couple different narratives build several different ones, join a bunch of different like little $1 lineups. Like you don't need to go try to take down the million dollar maker and things like that. Like always the big different slates. So it's have a little fun, put out a bunch of different lineups and see what hits. You're probably in a combination out there that will do pretty well for you.
1: Well, you know, the lineup you provided me that we're going to go over today, you had $200 remaining, which considering mm-hmm. some of the price points of some of the guys that you chose. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to ch- have a chance to make some money this weekend and some DFS, I think Tommy has one of the best lineups I've seen so far this weekend. So we're going to go through that all Oh, today. that means it's,
0: I'm instantly cursed then.
1: We're going to, no, I am I said it. So guess what? You're not cursed. If anything, <laughs> it's going to turn around and in, your favor, my friend, just because I have the luck of the Irish going right now. But outside of that, looking at your quarterback that you chose, we're going to go with Dallas Cowboys quarterback, Dak Prescott, as your first selection here. Obviously, $6,400 for him in a wildcard DFS lineup. And considering he's taking on a 49ers defense that does struggle to make plays when the ball is in the air, as we talked about, I like this play. I think this is a very good play here, ideally for any person that's getting involved in DFS. Tell us why Dak Prescott is the one of your selections you have here.
0: One of the things we kind of talk about, there's a bunch of different players think at had a really good price points. And Dak Prescott to me, despite being one of the higher price quarterbacks, I think he's still a value. Because um, the big thing we've seen, I think we're getting a little bit of a price down because what we saw kind of beginning of the season. For, for, since like that week eight calf injury, he kind of didn't look the same. Like from weeks uh, nine through 15, nine to six touchdown intercepts ratio and an 84.9% passer rating. Since week 16, which I think we're like, okay, Dak Prescott's he's back to being healthy. It's also the same time where it's look, uh, Amari Cooper, he wanted some more targets. So I think this whole kind of combination really worked in his favor. Um, 133 passer rating. So a massive jump in that a 12 to nothing touchdown interception ratio is completing 70% of his passes for almost 300 yards per game. Uh, so the, I think the jump in what Dallas Cowboys they're looking like is if ties fully to what Dak Prescott is back to bringing this team. It's like Dalton said, he's one of the best post-snap uh, processors in the NFL. Um, like I said, you put him right there with Tom Brady, put him right there with Aaron Rodgers in terms of how well they're able to diagnose post-snap. Um, a big thing for me in this one too, it's at home. When he is at home, Dak Prescott has thrown two touchdowns in every single game with a, uh, I'm sorry, with a 23-2 to touchdown interception ratio with a hundred plus rating in seven of those eight games and an intended air yards boost. So how far he is trying to push the ball down the field, it goes up from 6.78 to 9.33. When they are at home, they get aggressive when they're in Jerry's world. So I love that for this one. I like their. I think they're going to have a lot of stacking opportunities here and get that passing game going. Dak Prescott is my quarterback. I love that going in this week.
1: No, I think that's fantastic. A brutal efficiency as well. Not to mention what he was able to do last week, week 18 against Philadelphia. He was granted. They didn't play many of their starters in that game, but this was a game where even that the Cowboys really had nothing riding on the line. They wanted to have a good feeling going into the playoffs, which you know, at home, Jerry's world, factoring in everything else, all things considered, this is going to probably be the most entertaining game of the week as the Cowboys 49ers as we talked about on PFN weekly Dak Prescott, obviously for $6,400, you can get him in a DFS lineup, ladies and gentlemen. Now let's go to the running back position. As we take a look at Cincinnati Bengals running back, Joe Mixon, who made your list here at $6,800, obviously taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. There's familiarity between these two teams from earlier on in this season. Obviously, the Bengals went into Las Vegas and beat the Raiders pretty easily in that matchup. However, the Raiders have gotten better since that game, and they've had to run the table to make the playoffs. And before, you know, I remember at one point towards the end of the season, the Raiders were the 26th-ranked rushing defense in the NFL. They have tightened up over the last several weeks, and obviously against Austin Eckler, against the Denver Broncos one of the yeah. weeks prior They were able to buckle things down, and now they're taking on a Joe Mixon-led Cincinnati Bengals. Mixon coming off of being on the COVID reserve list from having COVID. We talk about we don't know whether or not there's any kind of implications as to impacting athletes, them being fatigued, not being as effective, coming off of it. I mean, there's all those questions there, but I think if you can get Joe Mixon here at this point in this type of game, first playoff game for the Bengals in quite some time, uh, I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, For me, actually, just in my normal fantasy rankings, he comes as my number one running back this week for the wildcard weekend. So to get him at this price, I think it's a fantastic deal. The big thing for me, it's, look, yes, he set career highs across the board, over 1,200 rushing yards, um, 314 receiving yards, 16 touchdowns. For me, the big thing has been, over these last couple weeks, the increase in targets, his usage in the passing game. We go back to week 17, six receptions for 70 yards and a touchdown. Then in week 18, seven receptions for 40 yards. Like, that upside in a PPR scoring format, which DFS is, that's massive. And like you said, the the uh, Las Vegas Raiders have been better when it comes against the running back. They're still ranking 30th in the NFL in terms of fantasy points allowed, allowing over 27.6 point, uh, points uh, per game to the position. We're not expecting that. Like, this is not a traditional team like a lot of other ones where they have like a solid, you know, RB two that can come in. Like you talked about with uh, with Denver, between Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, you don't have that here. Samaj P Ryan is not coming in to take away that many snaps away from Joe Mixon. So I'm looking at a game where I'm expecting to be – the. I think they are going to push the ball down the field on um, Las Vegas. On paper, I think his game could be close, but I don't think it will be on the field. I think Joe Burnham will have a pretty good time against Las Vegas. And when you get in the red zone this many times, I think uh, Joe Mixon, he's going to be the recipient of some of those red zone carries. I can see him scoring a couple touchdowns in this one possibly too, throwing a couple – receiving uh, receiving ability on this one too. I think Joe Mixon just makes a lot of sense against Las Vegas. Me and one of the bigger matchup disparities on the slate
1: the next player listed here Elijah Mitchell this was Dalton Miller's x factor player when we look at the 49ers versus uh-huh. the Dallas Cowboys coming in at 5500 bucks for i mean for Elijah Mitchell for this offense in San Francisco i feel like that's a pretty good price point for your second yeah. running back when you consider you know you're working with a salary and it's really like i can't go over because then i'm limited in my lineup choices there i mean i feel like that's a challenge in and of itself but Mitchell coming in here what what does
0: he offer this week in this matchup against the Cowboys this week, we kind of break a few of the rules. Like, don't be up. Like, I would not say, like, don't dissuade yourself from having where a running back and a quarterback are matching up together in the same game. Don't do the same thing like, hey, a quarterback and your your defense are kind of matching up. Like, I think you can kind of break some of the, the rule, the unwritten rules, I should say, of DFS. I think it's where Elijah Mitchell comes in. especially for the volume aspect. Granted, he missed weeks 14 through 16, had a knee injury and also concussion. But if his if his last five games twenty one plus carries in each of his last five going back to week ten over that stretch one hundred eighteen carries four for almost five hundred yards with two rushing touchdowns with ten receptions for sixty four yards and another and a receiving touchdown. We would like to see the receiving upside be boosted up a little bit, but given the other options they have on this team, whether it's Debo Samuel, who turned kind of turns into a running back at yeah. times and turns into more of just an extension of the running game, but also with George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk, Juwan Jennings also played well. They have enough other options on this team. Plus, they like to rotate running backs in and out in the passing game where where Mitchell kind of comes off in some of these kind of third down, passing down uh, situations. But on terms of the ground, like 100 pressure rushing yards in five of his last uh, five of his 11 games in Dallas, They're 16th in DVOA against the run. They're giving up over 100. They're giving up 112.8 rushing yards per game. You throw in Mitchell with that volume. If they're going to try to beat the Dallas Cowboys, they need to maintain, they need to hold on to the ball. When San Francisco was up, they love to play bully ball. That's why you see Mitchell getting as much volume as he has. So if you want to try to keep that Dallas Cowboys that high profile offense off the field, you do it through the running game. Elijah Mitchell should rack up the volume. I could see him getting a decent amount of yards in this game, possibly behind the end zone. And they do get behind late. You might see him pick up, you know, three or four receptions in this game, which is just boosting his upside.
1: Man, I just can't help but imagine and wonder what it would look like from a rushing standpoint if Raheem Mostert didn't get hurt and the season didn't yeah. end. They would, they would be my favorite, honestly, for the Super Bowl. I think they'd be the most dangerous team with Mostert, with Debo, and then you factor yeah. in. They'd have a one-two punch, a real legitimate one-two punch with he and Elijah Mitchell. I mean, the, the opportunities would be endless here for the 49 The only
0: thing I think at that point that could hold this team back would be Jimmy Garoppolo and his thumb. Um, cause no. granted last week he had 316 yards, but he also had the two interceptions. You can't have those kind of turnovers and primetime games in the playoffs. I think that could come as a detriment. Granted, you have Trey Lance back there. No one's wanting to play, play Trey Lance in the playoffs. Like no. as, as good as I think he will be in 2022, like I think he'll be a top five quarterback next year in fantasy, at least you don't want to play him right now. Um, so that's why I think like, look, Jimmy Garoppolo, if you had Raheem Mostert on this team, knowing like, I think it was like, for next gen stats, I'd have to double check, but Over the last two years, like Raheem Mostert is the quickest player in the NFL. Like I know we all talk about Tyree Kill. It's actually been Raheem Mostert clocked over over 22 miles an hour on multiple plays. Um, The thing I'll say about Elijah Mitchell, I could also make a case here for Leonard Fournette. I think Leonard Fournette makes a lot of sense in this one, assuming he is going to be coming back. We heard the reports about that. Playoff winning, we talked about that one earlier when we were just kind of talking a little earlier. I think he could be a fantastic play if he is going to get the volume we would expect but I know Mitchell is going to get That's why I feel a little more comfortable going with the sure thing rather than the hopeful upside of a Leonard Fournette.
1: Yeah, so keep an eye, ladies and gentlemen, on the injury report, obviously for the status of Leonard Fournette, whether or not he will play. You'll obviously have the information more than likely on Saturday or if he's a game-time decision leading up, which makes it hard if you're doing a DFS lineup and you're trying to do it last minute. It's always tough because sometimes things can change there in that regard. There, But let's keep things here on the same game. One of the wide receivers you have is listed is CeeDee Lamb. Here for the Dallas Cowboys coming in at $6,200 in DFS lineups. Why do you like him in this game? Maybe outside of the fact that we've already kind of talked about the secondary for San Francisco. What is the other appeals outside of the struggling secondary in San Fran?
0: I mean, one of the big things when you're building a lineup is how are you going to stack things? I mean, that's always the big term is stack. If you played a drinking game and listened to a DFF podcast, you would probably be dead at the end of by the time you heard the word stack. Um, <laughs> so I'll try to limit it a little bit in this one, but if you're going to play Dak Prescott, you're looking for the passing weapons. And that's actually one of the reasons I asked Dalton Miller uh, about the the work on Amari uh, Cooper because I could actually make a very good case. If you want to spend $300 less and open up a little bit of salary cap, you could sub in Amari Cooper right here for C.D. Lamb and do just as fine, especially, like we said, 8.3 targets over his last Over his last three games. But I think CD Lamb, like, I I don't want to say the phrase he's due, but he's kind of due. Like He hasn't scored a touchdown since week 10. He's going to get the volume, and I think it's going to be a high-profile passing attack. Um, the big thing for me, this is the cheapest we have seen C.D. Lamb since week 5 when he was at $6,200. So that kind of gives you a little bit of a mindset on how much they are pricing some of these players down. Um, you're going to attack these guys. we talk about uh, the uh, San Francisco 49ers secondary. That is where they are vulnerable. C.D. Lamb is one of the best players in the NFL at body control and also being able to work at, the, at, at contested catches. So I think you throw that all together with Dak Prescott trying to be aggressive. I think CD land makes a lot of sense. But like I said, I could absolutely see the pivot, save $300, throw in Amari Cooper and try to reinvest that in some other places. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app.
1: Well, and there's another Dallas Cowboys wide receiver here in your lineup yep. as well. That's Cedric Wilson. Obviously, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, the term stacking, this is something to keep an eye on. $4,400, which, look, makes a little bit of sense here, in my opinion, Tommy, because I could see a scenario where he is open. Let's say it's a key third down situation. He's lined up inside the slot. He's going to get across the middle of the field there. That's one thing I look at, especially San Fran mm-hmm. blitzes Fred Warner. I imagine this might be a perfect opportunity for a guy like Cedric Wilson to make a couple of big time plays, maybe even a big catch and run. Or once you get in the red zone, maybe he has one of those touchdown catches that helps amplify his value here. I like the idea of stacking because look, even if he has one touchdown catch, only a few receptions guess who threw him the ball, Dak Prescott. I like
0: it. I think this is going to be the chalk play. Um, I think it's going to be this one or another option. It's going to be Juju Smith Schuster with yeah. him coming back and he's he's expected to play. The difference I don't know how much he will play, but Juju's only $3,000 on DraftKings. So he's even cheaper than Cedric Wilson. So there's another option if you want to do a, you know, a Steelers trying to keep up with the Chiefs kind of lineup or just do him naked on his own thing. I can make some sense that just for the price savings. Um, But Cedric Wilson, even though he kind of took over that Michael Gallup role, he's being used differently. He's not just this. I'm going to take a deep shot downfield and hope it connects. That's why you saw uh, Michael Gallup, like for as good as he would be like his reception ratio was like so far down because of the type of targets he was seeing. I think Wilson, like we can talk about with Dalton, like he's kind of being used in a better way. Um, over his last couple of weeks, you know, six for thirty-one, uh, six sorry, six for thirty-five, and a touchdown against the Cardinals in Week Seventeen. Then last week we saw his ceiling. I don't think we're going to see another performance quite like this, where he had almost one hundred and twenty yards and two touchdowns on five receptions. Um, but the skill set's there, so we know that. Like you can only uh, allocate so many resources trying to stop this team. Whether it's Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield, who had a really good season, even though no one really wants to admit it. Like we all want to admit Ezekiel Elliott was washed. He actually was pretty good this year, even though all the eyes were also on Tony Pollard. You have Dalton Schultz, who, look, I think Dalton Schultz might end up being one of the best values of the entire slate. Um, In terms of consistency in the red zone, he is who Dak is looking towards. And then you have Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lane. Like, there's only so much you can do to try to stop this Dallas Cowboys offense. And that was evident last week when we saw the team we are expecting. Uh, So for Cedric Wilson, for me, it's not just the upside of him, but also the price savings that it unlocks on this team. Talk about saving money
1: while also making money, ladies and gentlemen. The other wide receiver, wide receiver three here this week, T. Higgins, taking on this Las Vegas Raiders team. Now coming in at sixty three hundred dollars. I had T. Higgins this week, Tommy, as my X Factor player in the yep. Raiders versus Bengals matchup because all the attention is going to be on. It's going to be Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, even Tyler Boyd. This might be one of those games where I could see a C.J. Uzama kind of having a little bit of a breakout receiving game or T. Higgins, who's been fantastic in games where the focus has really been on trying to stop Jamar Chase by defenses. He's thrived. Obviously, there was a game against Baltimore a few weeks ago. He had 12 targets, 11 catches and over 100 something yards and a couple of touchdowns uh, in that game where the the Bengals. But that was even
0: overshadowed by Jamar Chase in that game, too.
1: Yeah, another big game there too. So it's like the contribution they got from all three of those receivers and a lot of it's off of Joe Burrow. I mean, could it you is. even see a situation where you play maybe a Joe Burrow and maybe, you know, stack with T. Higgins or or somebody else kind of flipping kind of what you kind of did similarly with that, uh, Dak and uh, some of the Cowboys receivers?
0: Yeah, I think there's probably going to be three main stacks. I try. I'll, I'll put out different lineups and all that stuff. I think one is going to be targeting the 49ers. So we try to get some Debo, we try to get some George Kittle um, and Jimmy Garoppolo exposure. Uh obviously the Dallas Cowboys here. I think doing one with Kansas City with um Patrick Mahomes and go Tyree Kill. And then whether you want to go Travis Kelsey or not, up to you. Or you can kind of pivot to try to save a little bit of money because that is a very expensive lineup. Yeah. I think the other <laughs> one you go for, obviously, it's gonna be the Cincinnati Bengals with how how because like, Joe Berg and the team, they literally broke the slate. A couple weeks ago, when you talked about that Baltimore game, like that was the one that won the million dollars that week. Um, so if you want to do one with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and just fire that thing in there, it makes all the sense in the world. For me, it's more so just like T. Higgins, like it's a bit of a compliment to Jamar Chase on how good he has been because he's found a way to overshadow the incredible season T. Higgins has had um, this season: seventy-four receptions on one hundred and ten targets for just under eleven hundred yards Jeez. and six touchdowns. Um, on a per game basis, he's actually been just as good, if not better. 18.4 fantasy points to 17.1 for Jamar Chase. Higgins actually has invested in that one. And like Ton kind of talked about with, uh, with Dak Prescott, in home games, T. Higgins and the Cincinnati Bengals love to push the ball. 50 receptions on 67 targets, with five of his six touchdowns all coming at home. In those eight games, he's averaging 98.8 yards per game. In fantasy scoring, it's 21.6 to 9.9 is the fantasy point differential between at home or on the road. So, as good as Jamar Chase has been, T. Higgins is just as good. Like when we get into next season, the Cincinnati Bengals have two top 12 fantasy receivers that need to be drafted as such. You get T. Higgins at this kind of price, I think it's phenomenal. I could see him having a better game than Jamar Chase, although Chase always has that upside for that deep target. The volume and the, the ability of T. Higgins. It's unmatched by a lot of other teams and a lot of other players in the NFL. Give me the value on T Higgins all day long as my number three wide receiver.
1: Absolutely. A lot of knowledge here from Tommy Garrett and real quick shout out to clinic cap in the chat says I'm absorbing knowledge in the stream. Awesome stuff guys. Thank you so much clinic cap for tuning in here today at twitch.tv slash pro football now. Cause we're talking Tommy Garrett's DFS lineup for wild card week. And let's shift our thoughts now to the tight end position. You get two choices here. And obviously First off, you're going in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady's best friend here, Rob Gronkowski, sixty-four hundred dollars. Obviously, got him paid last week. Got him a milli yep. by with the incentives of having a set, you know a seventh catch of the game. Got him that million dollar incentive. He's no longer going to have to go work a regular job. If you happen to catch the inside the NFL mic'd up on what he was saying there, Good I need to tell Tom here. Brady I, I like
0: haven't it. sent us a my contract that I need to unlock. So we'll see if it can get this million dollars my way. Also, I'm um, seriously like if he does like
1: if he does seven passes to a tight end in the first half, it you know a million dollar deposit goes into Tommy Garrett's bank account. I, I'll you know, split I mean, it with you, bud. Thank you, my friend. I gotta pay these student loans off. Pro Football Network, help me out. I'm gonna negotiate <laughs> that, and my next my next contract here is man, student loans. They gotta funds be paid. The student loan debt. <laughs> See, there we go. We're having a lot of fun. Oh, nothing, Matthew Kanata. We're all good, my friend. He's in the chat, no, just no, no, no. outside of that. He doesn't anyway. sign the checks or anything. <laughs> Rob Gronkowski, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know, it's obviously, looking at this one, Tommy. You know, for him mm-hmm. being super involved. When you lose Chris Godwin, you do have Mike Evans, but Mike Evans has been battling a variety of injuries here and there. The question is, can Mike Evans make it through this entire game fully healthy? If so, you have a great chance to win, but if not, you need to go to another guy. Who's the most reliable guy? Well, it's going to be uh, Rob Gronkowski has so much familiarity with Tom as is. Yep.
0: I think the big thing for me, it's the most valuable player for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If they are going to make a run first, it's Tom Brady. I think the second one's got to be Rob Gronkowski. I think yeah. no one probably matters more to this team outside of Tom Brady than Gronk. Um, this is why you came together to Tampa Bay. You chase the title and you won. If you're going to do it again this year, right now, you need Gro- Rob Gronkowski more than ever. Given the situation is with Antonio Brown, given the, the uh, season injury to um, Chris Godwin, you do have some other options. Although Cyril Grayson has been dealing with the injury. You've got Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, um, you also have Brashad Perriman. If Leonard Fournette comes back, that helps in the passing game a little bit, but it's got to come down to Gronk. Um, I think we, ha- we need to see him get back in the red zone. Although he has um, six touchdowns on the season, four of those came in the first two games. Um, so if they're going to try to advance in a game that might be somewhat closer than we might expect against Philadelphia, it's got to be through the hands of Rob Gronkowski, and it's a great matchup. Philadelphia on the season, they are dead last in points allowed to the position at 17.4, and they're also dead last in touchdowns. They've allowed 14 touchdowns on the season to tight ends. So if Rob Gronkowski is ever going to have a get-right game in the playoffs when it matters the most for a team that needs to win three playoff games to try to get back to the Super Bowl and try to chase that Lombardi trophy again, Rob Gronkowski has to have a massive game.
1: I'm going to have a bold prediction here. I think Rob Gronkowski comes away with three touchdowns this weekend. One of them in the first half, two in the second half. That's going to wheel the Buccaneers to victory against the Eagles. Red I Zone. Somebody to look D, up baby.
0: what the parlay is for Rob Gronkowski, three touchdowns, because I will put down on it.
1: I might. I, I very well might in this game, considering there is no Chris Godwin, obviously a big blow, big loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense here. Your other yep. tight end option, we're going to go to Philadelphia. It's the other counterpoint here, and it's Dallas Goddard, who's, Really kind of been that reliable option all season mm-hmm. long for Jalen Hurts. Obviously, outside of that one, he had that one really wacky play against the Washington football team where he caught the ball, got a field, and he lost it, and it kind of went like he kicked it from his heel, and it was intercepted, I believe, by Landon Collins. That was a crazy, crazy play here. But obviously, Dallas Goddard against this Tampa Bay defense. We were talking about it. Devin White there, obviously, uh, you know, still there. Levante David, surprise move, activated this week. Yeah. Very surprised on that. Does that kind of change maybe how you feel about Dallas Goddard in this matchup?
0: For me, it's the role Dallas Goddard plays on this team and how how invaluable he is to Jalen Hurts. Um, it's like I said, this is my other tight end option. This is actually in the flex spot, and this is where one of the spots where I said if you want to break the rules of DFS, I think you can do it this week, and one of those spots is by running two tight ends. It's not a thing a lot of people are going to do, but if I'm trying to get a little bit of differentiation, create some variance, I think Rob, I think going with Dallas Goddard here makes a lot of sense. We talked about earlier Dalton Schultz. I think he makes sense too, but given the price savings and being able to uh, to slide in Dallas Goddard, I think it makes a very competitive lineup in a game where I think they're going to, need to try to keep up. Um, If you look over his last couple games, he's had 13 plus fantasy points in three of his last four. Two of those over 20 points over that time frame. receptions on six and a half targets for 84 yards with two touchdowns since week seven when they traded away zackerts to the to the arizona cardinals which obviously great move because both players have been thriving you love seeing that work out for both sides. But Dallas Goddard, during that time frame, leads the Eagles with over 25% of the targets and almost 25% of the air yards. He is the number two most targeted tight end in the NFL over this time, only behind Mark Andrews, and is one of just eight tight ends in the NFL to have 24% or more of the air yards. Not only that, he's getting targeted deeper. He's fourth in the NFL amongst tight ends with an eight. With I'm sorry, with a 9.18 a dot. If you're going to attack the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You do it over the middle and within like that first 15 yards, like that is where they are extremely susceptible susceptible. So knowing that Jalen hurts, he's going to try to use his mobility. The guy who rushed for more yards than anyone else at the quarterback position this year, use that mobility, move that pocket Dallas Goddard. can be that safety out him underneath for as much as Devonta Smith can be that touchdown boomer bust upside play on the perimeter. Dallas Goddard is going to be his safety blank. And if you beat Tampa Bay, you do it through the air. they are a pass they are a pass funnel defense 67% of the time in a neutral game script teams are going against them through the air so if you're Philadelphia you know you're not gonna do it on the ground with Miles Sanders um, Boston Scott uh, uh, Jordan Howard it's got to come through the air with Devonta Smith on the outside give me Dallas God or kind of patrolling that middle.
1: And this is the insight you get from Tommy Garrett. Ladies and gentlemen, a lot of things that nobody really considers, even myself, I'm guilty of it. I don't consider going into a matchup here. So this is why I rely a lot on Tommy when it comes to my fantasy or DFS stuff here at Pro Football Network. Now, let's get to another point here, obviously, defense. This is the last thing we get to add here. You got the Kansas City Chiefs defense this week. Out of all the defenses and ideally i can see why i think considering going against the steelers offense that has struggled to consistently run the ball effectively Najee harris coming into this game as questionable you know mm-hmm. who knows what situation is going to come out of that but not to mention just big ben he's just not who he used yeah. to be he's here he's happy to be here in the playoffs but unfortunately he's outmatched in this game
0: yeah and as much as he wants to say you know we're just here to have fun we're not we don't have a chance like he doesn't actually believe that knowing that locker room actually believes that like every one of those players thinks they have a chance yeah Although he's also not wrong, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers probably aren't going to win this game. And if any evidence for the last time they played, it was 36 to 10. And the Pittsburgh Steelers only got 10 points yep. because of a very last second kind of garbage time touchdown uh, that they pulled off. So <laughs> for me, it's I normally don't pay up for a defense in in DFS. They're the number two price defense only behind the Tampa Buccaneers by one hundred dollars. I'm doing it this week uh, just because there's so many games where it's really close matchups. What yeah. we sit here, and we talk about the nuances of like this defense versus this offense strength for strength, where they're good at for me in terms of disparity of talents and where these two teams are on their trajectories. There's no bigger different, no bigger difference than the Kansas City Chiefs and the Pittsburgh Steelers. One is still in the middle of their prime of this incredible Super Bowl run that could be one of the next dynasties of the NFL, kind of joining the next version of the, like the New England Patriots after they had their run. Like the Chiefs could do that if they wanted to, and they're we're seeing the team they are right now. The team, the the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're a team that is about to become maybe the fourth best team in the AFC North. Um, the case can already be made. They already are there right now, given how well the Cincinnati Bengals are playing, have, are playing. They won the division. we got a little bit of confusion in, in Cleveland and then you have Baltimore playing just as well. So it's two teams that are on completely different tracks. The Pittsburgh Steelers, are a team that just barely swept into the playoffs by playing Baker Mayfield and Tyler Huntley, and then needing the Jacksonville Jaguars to beat the Indianapolis Colts. And then for Dan Carlson, not to miss a 40 plus yard kick with two seconds left in overtime in a game that we all thought was going to end in a tie. <laughs> uh, so for me, it's just the cle- the, the, um, the Kansas City Chiefs' defense and just how good they are with Ben, his shoulder, barely holding on anymore, not have the ability to push the ball deep. He gets the ball out quicker than anyone else in the NFL at 2.38 seconds. He's got the second lowest eight dot in the NFL, just above Jared Goff at 6.7, uh, sorry, 6.8 yards down the field. You have in Najee Harris right now who's dealing with that elbow injury he sustained last week. For me, there's just too many variables at play. Even if they do get back Juju Smith-Schuster and he kind of takes back over that role from Ray-Ray McLeod who's been running his route tree so far this season, I don't think that's going to be enough. So for me, the Kansas City Chiefs, they've probably forced a couple turnovers. They hold the Pittsburgh Steelers probably under, call it 14 points in this one most likely. Um, I have a hard time seeing the Kansas City Chiefs not ending the number one uh, defense this week in DFS.
1: Well, Especially with Pittsburgh's inability to run the football consistently, I yeah. I do think as well. And also drops have been an issue as well. Ben gets that ball super quick, too, and also a little bit of a laser. Sometimes guys don't expect it. But mm-hmm. I'm going to have a bold prediction here that I think that the Chiefs defense will get an interception off of a dropped or tipped pass by a Steelers receiver. Wouldn't surprise me here in the latest. It might be a little bit. I think the Chiefs behind. defense scores Bang. a
0: touchdown on their own. Okay,
1: all right. You heard it here first. That's a bold prediction here by Tommy Garrett. And ladies and gentlemen, I just want to thank Tommy for his time here on today's episode of Pro Football Network Weekly. We're getting a little bit of in the mood for fantasy football with Wildcard Weekend, DFS. Make sure you keep the dials tuned here on Pro Football Network. A little bit later on, as Jessica Gonzalez will have a special guest panel here on Moneyline and Wine. And she also goes over her DFS picks for Wild Card Weekend as well. Check that out here at twitch.tv slash Pro Football Network. I'm Cody Rourke speaking for my good friend, Tommy Garrett. Ladies and gentlemen, We'll see you tomorrow. We have a post-game show following all of Saturday's games. So following the Raiders game and after the Buffalo Bills game in general, those two games are the Saturday games you get for wildcard weekend. Immediately following the Bills-Patriots, a post-game report recapping Saturday's games here, twitch.tv slash pro football network. Myself, Brett Yarris. We can't wait to break down all the action with you. Come join us here, twitch.tv slash pro football network.